Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to episode of Half Hour Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Peter, delicious by the usual two. Tom, how are you doing, Tom? I'm good, Peter. How are you? Fantastic. Good on, how are you? Doing very well, thank you. Um, we're joined this week by a special guest, the winner of the inaugural Half Hour Fantasy Podcast Cup. On Twitter, his name is Scoosh2605, real name is Sean. So, how are you doing, Sean? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. So, before we move on, I'm going to talk about the <laughs> the cup then. You can talk us through. You're a winner. How did you do it? Talk us your tactics. How did you go through it from up to seven game weeks you can negotiate and you won it? Um, hard to break down uh, week by week really and using transfers wisely um, I'd kept all my chips so as well as having the, the wild card uh, that they gave us at the split I was able to use a normal card a couple of weeks later um, so that allowed me to sort of rebuild my team um, and by that point you had guys like your Taverniers uh, goals and guys you knew were scoring Pretty much every week, Rangers weren't conceding, so I could get the the guys in who I knew were going to sort of score points. Um, and then also looking at fixtures, top six, bottom six, um, penalty takers, people in form, it just really went week week to week. Okay, good. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about the cup later, uh, but we'll move on firstly quickly cover the Euro 2020 fantasy game. We've done this through the summer, obviously people listening have followed us, so I'd like to first of all be a bit of boasting here. Finally, after a full season, I finished in third news, guys, I've actually managed to win a podcast tournament. Now, the rank wasn't exactly magical, but I still won its bragging rights to the World Cup 2022 Qatar. So I'll quickly talk about our overall points and rank, and I'll let Sean count his points as well, and wonder if he's beat us. I'm assuming it would be very hard to beat us, mind you. So I finished with 310 points. I was an overall rank of 408k, Tom was 298 points, an overall rank of 552k, and Gunnar was 288 points, an overall rank of 693k. Would you finish on, Sean? Uh, 285 points. Um, not sure the overall placing. I was 117th, uh, 174 in your own mini league. Um, so not too far behind, obviously, yourself. Okay, okay. So, lessons learned for the World Cup. I'm going to start with you, Gunnar. What have you learned for this? Totally different for FPL, totally different from the fantasy game. So what lessons have you for this kind of mini seven-game tournament? I'm sure we'll cut with seven or eight games as well. What have you learned? What are you taking on this for next year? Oh, you're putting me on the spot there. Um, 
one of the things is it's very different from your usual uh, fantasy game, I would say. Uh, maybe the, the way we all used the chips uh, wasn't the ideal way to, to play them as well. Uh, I, I've had to take multiple hits now when it came to the stage because I couldn't feel full 11. So uh, I could have, yeah, done with the limitless maybe uh, to get all the big hitters in there during during the last couple of rounds. Um, but personally, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I'm not sure if I'm going to play the World Cup game. Maybe maybe a summer off from fantasy. Uh, yeah, it's November, it's not the summer. Yes, Christmas time is going to be super busy with other stuff to do, you know. Um, yeah, no, but but I can understand everyone who, who took some time off uh, fantasy. And I have to say, after the group stages, I, I missed one deadline and then steam was out of the tank and I, I couldn't really like get up for it anymore. So it, it, it's over really quickly if you have one ba- bad week, is what I can say. I'm going to guarantee we're playing next year. You say this, you're <laughs> done right now, but come next year, you're up for it. Remember all your Euro pod part, Euro, Euro, Euro. No, I know, I know. World Cup. What about you, Tom? What lesson have you learned from the from the Euros? What have you taken at the World Cup? Um, probably echo what Gunnar was saying regarding the um, using the the chips a lot better. Um, probably setting my team up at the start of the competition with the sort of long term view. I think in, going into the Euros, it was very short term. Um, I was only really considering my team for game week one, and then I got overexcited with the limitless for game week two, and didn't really think about game week three which resulted in burning the wild card when I really should have saved that till after the last 16, which I kind of knew already before I even did it, but it was just a bit of fun this summer, really, wasn't it? <laughs> we yourself, Sean, any lessons learned? We take it and if you play a World Cup game? Yeah, I found the group stages a bit of a minefield, um, quite a bit of squad rotation. Um, it's also especially going into the third match when teams had maybe already qualified. Uh, the, the knockouts were a bit easier to get the, the the big names in, if you like, who you you thought could score your points. So maybe trying to maybe analyse the group stages a wee bit more um, and use like the substitutes and transfers a bit more wisely in the groups. Okay, and my take on it is going by a rank and the amount of casuals playing. These tournaments seem to have the big hitters seem to do well. Ronaldo. This doesn't matter. I know he made a bit of World Cup, but he plays well. The guys who think to play well seem to play well. And the casuals have these guys, they don't use the chips and they just keep on hitting decent points. But as we're trying to be smart and savvy, think of the box and go for like the differential, like well, let's go for a cheat, not a cheater. Other one is dead and he shoots. So go for this player instead. Let's not go for Ronaldo, let's go for this. Let's not go for Dumfries, let's go for somebody else. And in the, the day, maybe we just use a bit of common sense and go for the one who's the reason they're favourite is the reason they're going to be favourite and it kind of works. But again, that's another year and a bit to wait till then and we'll see what happens then. Okay, Scottish fantasy game, Tom. You weren't here last week when it launched. Fortunately, we're working and I'm quite sure we've got a lot of thoughts on it. So this is Tom Times, Tom Thoughts. What do you think of the game launched? What do you think of the points, the new system and what have you got to hit us with stat-wise? Um, so I've really just been looking at the new point system um, how it's going to impact the game. I looked at some figures from last season. I'm maybe going to be a, a little bit negative, but then a little bit positive as well. Um, we'll look at the bonus point speculation. We don't really know too much about the bonus point system, but with what we've gleaned so far, I've kind of put in a little section about that as well. Um, just for the listeners, if they missed it last week, I'll just run through the new point system. Um, obviously, now we're getting fantasy assists. 
on top of real life assists. Um, shot points, any player uh, will get one point for three or more shots on target. Pass points, that's just for midfielders. One point for every 40 passes completed in a match. Tackle points, all positions. One point for every three tackles made in a match. Uh, interception points, all positions. One point for every three interceptions. Goalkeepers are on save points. That's one point for every three saves. Uh, free transfer rollover as well. And the bonus points, they're using the opt to feed. And we're using the opt to feed, um, which will give players, obviously, the, the highest score in, in terms of bonus points will get three, second will get two, and third place will get one. Um, so just basically just looking at the, the new point scoring system um, for passes, tackles, interceptions, etc. Uh, I looked at some players from last season. Paul McGinn was obviously the highest scoring non-Celica uh, Rangers defender. Uh, he, This is uh, filtered out Hamilton and Kilmarnock, by the way, because obviously they're not relevant this season. Um, so Paul McGinn, Hibbs defender, he managed, he was 17th for accurate passes. He was second for tackles and seventh for interceptions. Um, Ali McCann was another player I quite like to look of. He was top for tackles. He was quite low down for accurate passes. With He was 31st and he was 14th for interceptions. Considine was another one. I was quite surprised. He was second for interceptions. Uh, he was 29th for tackles and 10th for accurate passes. Um, Tavernier, he was, he was obviously a key player last season. He was 6th for accurate passes, 10th for tackles and 34th for interceptions. So where are we really going with this? Well, look, breaking it down, we've got shot points, and that is for one point for every three or more shots. Top for shots on target was actually Edward, and you wouldn't really think that given his uh, goal count last season. He managed to get um, 53 shots on target. Second was Nisbet with 38. Even just looking at Nisbet, he's second. If he was to play every game that season, that would average one shot on target per game. So with regards to shots, players aren't probably going to rack up and get points every single week. You may be looking at the odd good game where they're maybe getting three or more and they're going to get an extra point. Some games are maybe only going to get one or two. So it's maybe not going to be a constant stream of points when looking at shots on target. The same applies to the, the other uh, segments as well. Uh, accurate passes. So it was um, Callum McGregor, Celtic midfielder. He was top for accurate passes with 2,607. And if we assume that he's going to play every game, that's 38 games per season. If we break that down, that's 68. So so McGregor, he was top for accurate passes last season, 2,607. If we assume he plays every game, that's 38 games. Divide that by 38 gives us 68. So he's actually not looking too bad um, in terms of the points, pass points. Midfielders, they get one point for every 40 passes completed in a match. So you you could maybe argue that Cal McGregor's maybe going to get an extra single point per game if, obviously, it's if it's if these passes are evenly spread out amongst all the fixtures. Going a bit further down, Scott Brown was actually seventh for accurate passes, 1,494. Again, if we divide that by 38 games, assuming he's playing every game, that's 39 passes per game. 
So even going as far down as seventh, he's not going. He's not going to get a point per game. You may be looking at him having a good game, getting a point, and then perhaps the not so good games. He's maybe just going to get your standard two points. Obviously, he's moving up to Aberdeen now, so might not be as many pass points there. Uh, same again for interceptions. Uh, Guthrie was top for interceptions last season with 93. Uh, second, as we mentioned earlier, was Considine. Dividing that by 38, Guthrie, he's averaging 2.44. And Considine, who's second, is averaging 1.92. Looking at interceptions, we're getting one point for every three interceptions. On average, even the top interceptor last season isn't averaging three interceptions per game. So again, it's not going to be a constant stream of extra points every week. You're maybe looking at players, as I said, having a good game one week and then maybe not so, and getting the odd extra point here and there. And again, we're looking at tackles. We mentioned Ali McCann. He was top for tackles. And second was someone else. Oh, it was McGinn. Paul McGinn. Um, that was 91 and 77. Divide that by 38. Again, we're looking at an average of 2.4 for Ali McCann and 2 for McGinn. Tackles, we're needing one point for every three tackles. So again, we're averaging less than three tackles per game for the, the top tackler last season as well. So again, not going to be a constant stream of points. So a bit negative there, but let's look at the positives because we've got the bonus point system coming in next season. Now, we, we know that there's the FPL model and Gunnar actually messaged the game. He was doing some detective work of his own and he found out that... Um, the, the website whoscored.com they use the same source of stats as who um, obviously F, FFS are using which is Opta and they obviously name checked who scored and in the past Fantasy Football Scotland have stated that they've, they've purposely imitated some aspects of FPL um, but then obviously put their own take on it we know we've got the, the bench trick which is going to stay in for next season which is exciting and we also get vice-captain points as well, which is a little bit different to FPL. But on a whole, the, the games are fairly similar. So if we look at the FPL model, I'll just bring that up. Obviously, when we're playing FPL, we, we sometimes look at our, our teams and look at, if we're watching a game, we maybe look at the live FPL bonus points. And usually players are sitting around about sort of 20 to, to 30 points, sometimes in the 40s, sometimes even higher, depending on how their game's going. Um, it's in real time if you if you look it up during the game they get some it's some there's some basic points so what we're used to for getting the sort of the standard point system uh, a player playing one to 60 minutes will get three bonus points in the bonus in the bonus point system uh, playing over 60 minutes will provide them with an additional six points goalkeepers and defenders scoring a goal give, gives them 12 points midfielders scoring a goal 18 points forward scoring a goal 24. They're getting points for assists, goalkeepers and defenders getting points for clean sheets. There's points for saving a penalty. There's points for every save made, every successful open play cross, creating a big chance. Defenders, uh, or all players, in fact, are getting points for every two clearances made, for every three recoveries, key passes, successful tackles, successful dribbles, scoring a goal that wins the match, Pass completion rate of 70, 79%, get so many points, 80, 89, 90 plus. 
conceding the penalty, we're not talking about minus points, so conceding the penalty, missing a penalty, yellow and red cards, own goals, missing a big chance, making an error which leads to a goal, an error which leads to an attempt at a goal, being tackled, conceding a foul, being caught offside and shots on target are all negative points. So as the game progresses, these points are totaled up. The player on the pitch with the top points gets obviously three, second gets two, third gets one. And that's how FPL work it. We could maybe assume that Fantasy Football Scotland is going to work it the same way. The alternative is, and obviously the game mentioned whoscored.com, and they do things a little bit differently. Um, every player starts the game on six points, and depending on if they do good stuff, that six points goes up to ten. And if they do bad stuff, that six points goes down. And if they're having a really bad game, potentially down to zero. The example that who scored use is an attempted dribble in the opposition's final third is successful. That will have a positive effect on that player's rating. So we're really getting into sort of complicated stuff here. It's probably not something you're going to try and monitor and you know assess week to week. You're maybe just going to have to watch the highlight reel or maybe watch the game and just see who you think looks good. But there's lots of stuff at play that's maybe not clearly obvious. Sometimes we, we watch a game and we, we'll use FPL as the example. Bruno Fernandes comes on. In 10 minutes, he makes eight key passes and scores the winning goal, and he goes away with three bonus points, whereas we're sitting disappointed because Rashford has scored one goal and played 90 minutes, and we're, we're scratching our heads. So these, these things do happen. Um, but perhaps FFS will maybe give us a points breakdown. If they're rating players out of 10, then we can maybe assume it's the who scored model. If it, we're looking at maybe bigger figures like 20 to 30 to 40, then we can assume it's maybe the, the FPL model. But uh, time will tell on that one. Brilliant, Tom. Informative, well done analysis. So I'll go to you again. thoughts on that. I mean, what can I add to that? Thomas pretty much like worked it out. So as much as we know, um, basically. And so I, like just from reading what the app put out and they sent me this link to who scored. So I would presume it's the player rating out of 10. And then the, the, the player with the highest rating in the game is the one getting the three points. So that's, that's what I presume is how they're going to do it. Um, but I can tell you what, I'm going to listen back to what Tom uh, just presented <laughs> there to us. Uh, make a couple of notes and, and then take it from there. What about yourself, Sean? You think after hearing all that? A lot of detail to, to take in. Um, obviously, the, the homework's been done. Um, quite surprised even like say, hearing like guys like Paul McGinn that getting high-scoring defender outside the old firm. So maybe looking at players like that for building with the team for next season. OK. So, anything else to add, Tom? We'll move on to the next point. Is that you? I'm not leaving you sh short here, am I? No, not at all. I think, I think it's the, the take-home message is that these sort of points categories, shots, passes, tackles, interceptions, individually, they're probably not going to provide a lot of points. But collectively, if players are doing all these together, then they're going to get some individual points and then they're potentially going to be in with the chance of the bonus points as well. And that's the players we really need to be looking at for our fantasy football Scotland teams. See, I like the fact that you said, like, you broke it down. There's no players going to be guaranteed the point of the week, so there's not going to be a plane go right. Let's put him on him and leave it on him. Like you may have thought, he done. He broke the average down. So if they're streaky, then maybe the time to do it. But there's nobody as it stands now guaranteed the points of the week, which is pretty good going forward. The game stops the template building as well. 
So our first talking point, we'll do this every week, a talking point will be the budget constraints. We've discussed this all ourselves, so I'm going to start with you, Sean. You might start off, Pod. The budget, building your squad, have you found it and what are you going to take from it from that? Uh, played about with it earlier today and initially found it pretty tough. Um, probably mainly because you try and get like your Celtic Rangers guys in there first. The players you think are going to score you week in, week out. Um, but you probably gone in last season, Tavernier, Goldston, Kent, um, maybe Ayer, Edward and Turnbull were probably the three for either either side. But there's no way you're, you're going to struggle to get them into and then also try and get the guys for their sides um, further down the table who are ultimately going to score you the points to, to get you to do anything. Okay, good on yourself. I think it's going to make it a lot more interesting. So I didn't start the, the season with, with, I think I only had one Rangers defender, maybe two. I, I definitely didn't have three. And so if you were on like the triple up, defensive Rangers triple up, then then you would just at the start of the season, you would basically just run away with it, just the amount of points you could get. And, and the fact alone that you can't just have three Celtic, three Rangers, and, and then build your team around that makes it more interesting for me. So you're going to have to actually look at the other teams, um, see where you can find points, see who's the next, uh, say, Guthrie, Callahan. Um, and I got to be honest, when I made my first draft, uh, to be fair, I, I didn't have someone like Edward up top. Uh, Nita Morelos. I had two two Rangers in there, defenders, and then I think midfield. But it wasn't too hard for me to actually like work around the budget. You definitely have to have some cheapies and some enablers. But compared to last season, I think it's going to be interesting uh, what people's teams are going to look like, and I don't think they're all going to be the same like it was last season. Yeah, hundred percent agree. But I like the fact you can get who you want in, and there will be no template at the start. You have to think in your feet, you have to watch the games, I think, you have to do all the eye test stuff. You have to see who's nailed. Just a quick point, the FS game has made the deadline two hours before the kickoff, so there's now no chance at early team news. So you can all be going to the charts that your team news, going to have to pick teams for the starts. Another thing I think I like, I like that, I don't people see your teams and switch the team about. But Tom, what's your thoughts on the budget constraints? Um, I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. I don't think it's completely a template buster. I think in, in terms of last season, you, you could have Tav, Goldson, and, say, Kent. Uh, you could have your three Celtic. Now people are maybe going to have to think, well, am I going to choose Tav, or am I going to have Goldson and maybe a little bit more money to spend elsewhere? But in the other sense, the sort of cheapy players that are going to play week in, week out, and maybe get maybe a, a three points or whatever, I think a lot more people are going to own the same cheap players uh, the, the enablers are going to become more template and the big hitters, you're going to have to pick and choose which ones you want. Okay, good stuff. Nice look at it. That brings us on to community questions then. So quite a lot of interesting questions this week. So we didn't really have many talking points because I think we all agreed the questions are the talking points. A lot of stuff to be covered in this, so we'll go one at a time. So first up is from FPL Vagas. David, easy question to start. Which Celtic assets? So I'll come to you first, Sean. Uh, Celtic assets at this moment in time is a very tough one to pick um, I think that where they are in transition with the new manager in and a lot of uncertainty about Will Griffiths given the personal the situation Edward, Ayer, Christie will they still be there come the end of August 
Um, so if you're putting guys like that in for the season starting at the end of July, they might only be there for two, three or four weeks. Um, how, for a points-going point of view, I think Ange has already come out and said the style of play is attacking. And I think I'd read a couple of things where he seems to leave things vulnerable at the back, let's say. So I said to go concede each week. So do you want to put in defenders um, that they're going to concede? So if, I'd say midfield strikers are probably the areas I would like to cover with my Celtic picks. Um, but who the, who they'll be? Ayeti looks quite trim uh, if he's come back. I wonder if he might get a run in the side. Um, I'm interested to see Karamoko Dembele. Um, he could be one who a bit cheaper and if he gets a run in the side and maybe lives up to the hype, might score some points. And I probably think the go-to, given the season I had last year, was David Turnbull. Um, and I think if he can keep getting better, he might be like the, the main one to get in there with some goals and assists. OK, I'll go next. I agree with Jetty up front. I think he's the one. He's not even that expensive. 5.7, 5.8, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he's the one, I think, if he's, if he's going to be the old up front, Beers has been a very naughty boy, could not be the club much longer, so I think he'd be your nail striker. If Edouard stays, that could change. He was given the captain's armband, the first friendly, I know friendly's been nothing, but he looked up for it, he looked keen. Maybe have a point to prove, so he's my choice for up front for Celtic. Midfield, I think, was between two for me. Turnbull, I think, stands out as a... Obviously, he's got so much talent. He was great last year on a bad team. I'm expecting him to continue on from that form. Forrest, I think it's fit this year, and if they're going to play the same similar kind of style down the wings and attack the front three. Force a good shout. And I also agree with Sean with defence. I'll not be touched right now because I don't think, I don't envision we'll play that much attack football that defence wise will be an afterthought. So I'd be kind of looking to avoid going forward. What be yourself, Gunnar? I agree with the both of you. So for, for my, in the striker department, I just have a striker. So if Edward stays... Uh, He's he's probably the, the best attacking asset, albeit very expensive. And if he goes, then you still have Ajeti, who is almost two and a half million, three million cheaper. Uh, in midfield, yeah, we know what he did from last season. He was on on loads of the set pieces. Need to wait if if Ange now is doing the same. If he keeps him on the set pieces, and then I agree with Forrest as well. He's only six point two million compared to Turnbull's six point one, and. Like you say, if they if they go and play this three up front, uh, down the wing kind of style, then I, I think he I think he might be around three million cheaper than he was last season. I know he's been injured for most of it, but um, six point two million just on paper to me that's an absolute steal. All right, top same question to you. Yeah, um, I mean if we're talking project rebuild, it's still really early stages. Um, so looking at the team. As it is just now, um, I'd probably say Turnbull is my number one pick. Karamoko Dembele, we know from last season, we've heard grumbles, he's not happy. Are they going to try and appease him with some more game time this season? If so, then he could be a good cheap option. He's looked decent pre-season in the two games that we've seen. Obviously not a lot to go on, but he's looked decent. Um, if we are looking at defence... If we want to consider defenders, if Celtic are going to go maybe on a nice run, they're maybe going to play you know, bottom six opposition, then there could be a few clean sheets in there. And we know Greg Taylor doesn't really have any competition for his place, so Greg Taylor might be a decent option if we were to consider defence. 
Um, those would be my three. No Ralph's not right back, no, nobody else. No. no. <laughs> no thank you. Right. Next question is from Rob Pick, Apic 86. Who do you think are the best budget enablers in the game in each position? So we'll start at the back. Gunnar, goalkeeper, I think as the budget enabler. Well, I've not looked at the goal here, Presidenta. Well, it's fine, but if you pick one. Um, see, I'm just opening them up on the app now. So a budget. Um... So I've seen I've seen Barkas might stay. Uh, and just just before we come on, I've checked his price. He's 2.7 million, mm-hmm. 2.8 million. Whereas um, Bain is actually 3.0 million. That surprised me because uh, I, I didn't see Bain starting at all. Celtic distance. Um, Strijek season for for Livy last year, um, but they're all not very like budgety. They're all around the 2.5 million at least, and I wouldn't really go below that because like if you go below that, you're going into like the kind of hazard area, uh, like 2.3 million. Kelly for Motherwell, he's 2.7, and I I think if if you if you pay like 0.1, 0.2 more than you can just get someone better. I agree with you. I don't think the goalkeepers really have that budgety position yet, unless somebody lost their place. Or a rumour Connor Hazard goes to Dundee, for example, loan. But I don't really see it. The way about yourself, Tom, have you got an interest at a goalkeeper cheap asset, or do you agree with me, Gunnar? Um, I agree with yourselves. I think you're probably reliant on a keeper losing his position. You may be wanting to put your, your flag in the sand and maybe have a, the first choice and the second choice keeper. And then we just keep them for the long term or until you wild card or whatever. Um, McLaughlin, I think he, he might be an option if McGregor was to, to start to lose minutes. Obviously, he's getting pretty old now, McGregor. Are they going to have to maybe give McLaughlin some more minutes to try and sort of appease him a bit more? Um, Rangers, obviously, in the Champions League. McGregor possibly getting rested. <laughs> just smiling up here. Um, Defenders wise, um, oh wait, we're not on defenders, are we? We're just talking about goalkeepers. Just goalkeepers now, yep. Cool. Um, I asked probably, I'd probably go first choice and then second choice. What about yourself, Sean? Goalkeepers? Goalkeepers, uh, pretty much agree with, with Gunnar with regards, there's no much between them. Um, the three I sort of looked at initially was Liam Kelly, Craig Gordon, and Xander Clark, all around about the 2.7. But you can get Joe Lewis for, I think it was 3.1. So it's not a massive difference between them. And if that's also based on last season's points with Joe Lewis. We don't know what Aberdeen will get this season. Um, so uh, probably not an area I would overthink. Yep, I agree. I think, as Tom said, I think it's a case of pick a goalkeeper and kind of just probably stick with them and hope, unless they're like totally drastically bad form and hope that they have enough clean sheets that's worth it. Can it be play FPL, I suppose, where you can just do a you kind of set and forget unless you get a is it who's, who's that Villa keeper again Martinez who just goes either and away but until that point you just going to stick with and do you really want to go with Celtic Rangers goalkeeper well you're going to waste a player there and then they don't not going to get all the bonus points for saves because they don't really much going against them the majority of the games mm-hmm. so it's a bit of a weird situation so I'll stick with you Tom uh, defenders um, obviously we know St Johnson had a good season uh, last year uh, Sean Rooney, I think, might be a decent option at 2.8. Uh, even cheaper as well as Jason Kerr and Liam Gordon, both at 2.7. Uh, 
they're also fairly attacking minded as well, some set pieces. So when you consider Tav's 6.5, Sean Rooney at 2.8 isn't too bad. Yep, my six pence worth is, I think, this could all change. Jack McKenzie, Aberdeen, two million defender. Right now is kind of, I think, the only first-choice left-back they've got. So as it stands, I know Johnny Hayes can go into left-back, so I could have to watch the friendlies and watch the European games. But if he nails that left-back spot and he's two million, I think that's a absolutely fantastic option. Who's the other one I like? I like, is it Obelai from Livingston? Another one that's two-point million defender who sees about position, I think. I think he scored the weekend in the cup. So there's two. If they can nail if they can nail it and they're so cheap, that lets you spend money elsewhere and get your tavern, for example. Will be yourself, eh, Gunnar? Yeah, additional to the two that you had, Peter, I have Jordan McGee, 2.4 million for Dundee. Uh, supposedly out of position as well. He's a defender in the game, plays midfield. Jack McKenzie, you had him. And then uh, Adam Lewis, 2.6 million for Livy. He's on loan from Liv- uh from Liverpool, and he's supposedly very versatile, can play centre-back, left-back, left-wing, and through the middle as well in centre-midfield. I should like to think if he's alone on the post, could be pretty much nailed the game time, otherwise he wouldn't be up here. No, I might see your man. No, you're going to keep that one. You're not going to see him. Spoiler, nah. <laughs> see, I've, I've looked through our uh, like top 10 fullbacks list uh, because we've we done them at the end of last season. Uh, he stuck out a little bit because he had... He was, he was, well, quite high up uh, in regards to shots um, compared to how many games he actually did play and, like, completed the games. Um, I don't know. I've not seen enough from Dundee United to suggest that they're going to have a good season. I don't think they've made any sign-ins yet. Um, new manager in. And, well, I, I just don't know about him if he's going to get the same, like, if he's going to be played up front again, basically. Uh, or, or well, if if he does play as a defender like he is in the game, would be yourself showing any cheap defender standout? Uh, Sean Rooney was one I looked at. Uh, I think he had a good year last year, and he's dangerous in the, the other box as well. A um, couple I'm got to keep an eye on actually are Celtic and Rangers, depending how they they go. Uh, Katic interests me at two point five. If he comes back for his injury, um, with Europe and maybe a bit more rotation, you might get some game time from him. And I know I, I touched on earlier on not really want to touch Celtic defenders until we see how things go. But if Celtic can keep some clean sheets, Stephen Welsh, if he gets game time, is 2.5 million as well. Might be one to, to look at as well, which lets you spend money elsewhere. Okay, going to midfielders. Now I've only got one that to me stood out so far that was the Hearts player. It's missed a few chats. I believe, is it Aaron McInef? Is that right? Mm. Box to box, two point midfielder. He's the one so far I feel was pretty cheap. Thought to be pretty nailed. Well, he's not even pretty nailed, but according to people in the chat, he's nailed, so that'd be quite good. Would yourself going any other midfielder start to it for like cheap enables? Yeah, I've got him as well. And uh, according to FPL Mass, who is a Hearts fan, he labelled him Callahan, but better. I like that. So yeah. Who else do I have? Um Teddy Jenks, 3.2 million. Apparently, he's one of the only attacking midfielders, number 10s that Aberdeen have currently at the books. And oh, I think that's it from midfielder. Yeah. Tom, yourself, any midfielders? I've only got one cheapo, which is your hearts man, McInef. Um, purely on speculation. I don't really know much about him myself. Um, 
maybe McCann at St. Johnston. I think 4.2 is maybe too expensive to be an enabler. So probably just McInef. In terms of Dundee United, though, they have made a couple of seasons. Uh, Trevor Carson, goalkeeper. Um, you may remember him last season from Motherwell. Yeah. Um, and also Charlie Mulgrew, former Celtic defender. They've signed him from Blackburn Rovers. I don't know, completely passed me by. So if they sign the goalie, Trevor Carson, then it, it opens the door for Segrist, no? Yep, Pulowski somewhere. Hmm. Right, Sean, yourself, midfielders, any standouts, a cheap enabler? The, the one that's sort of I like to look at, but again, it came back for an injury, is uh, Liam Donnelly at Motherwell. Uh, before he was injured, uh, he took the penalty, scored a lot of goals the season before last. And if he can sort of come back to that form, maybe go back to the set pieces, he's at 3.2 million. He might be one to keep an eye on. Okay, and I'll stick with you, Sean, for strikers. Not really, really cheap strikers in this game, I suppose, all because of the position they play. Is there any stands out maybe a bit cheaper than the rest that stands out for you to maybe be unable for the rest of your squad? Uh, the, probably uh, staying away from like the, the bigger names, if you like. Um, the, the new Aberdeen sign, Ramirez. Um, again, maybe a bit of an unknown. He comes with a bit of experience, so he's still there. He's about five million some, so still maybe a wee bit of cost. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I think if he gets game time, Karamenko Dembele might be an option. Um, I think it was around about the three million mark. Um, so he might be wanting to bring in. Okay. One I like to add is Brophy face at Murn. I had him on last year for his bad injury. I remember at Kilmarnock, he was a pretty good striker, I think. He was pushing for the Scotland squad. Five point something million in this up front. I don't know if he's nailed quite a few strikers. I mean, it might be coming off. Again, I'd Maybe it's not something you want to be scrimping and scraping money-wise up front, but that's the one I can mention so far. Uh, Tom, yourself, striker? Um, Jordan White at 4.5 million. I thought he had a reasonable end to the, the season with um, Ross County. Uh, and also Kane or Hendry, if they can get starts um, at St. Johnston, they're both 4.8 million. Um, again, hoping St. Johnston can go in and build in upon the, the great performance last season. Uh, other than that, that's me. Gunnar, self-finished striker standout? Yeah, I've looked a little further down in the price list. So someone like Brophy, 5.2, is not really like a cheap enabler to me. So I've looked a little further down and 4.4 million for Nicky Clark, who was on penalties last season for Dundee United. So that's my pick. Okay. Next question is from Ski House 78 Who is this season's Jay Henderson to get those sweet bench points? So... Gunnar, I'll start with you. Right. So Jay Henderson, uh, as we know, he, he did get game time at the end uh, of last season. I, he might have even scored a goal, if I remember correctly. And I switched from him to uh, Adam Mackinnon from Ross County. He's currently my team as well, 2.2 million. And, well, I just hope he, he once again won't play this year. <laughs> Tom? Um, I think at this stage, any 2.2 million midfielder is probably going to be a good shout. I, I think we have to um, give a shout out. I think it was to Haggis in the group chat. No? He doesn't want that shared. All right. Okay. <laughs> yep. I, would, I will not tell that then. Right. That was a, I'll come That's my that, point, Glenn. That'll all become uh, apparent in weeks to pass. Over yourself, Sean, any players you think might not be getting a game time worth your team? As an on-playing player? Uh, to be honest, not really looked. It's, it's spent too 
much time looking at that. Um, certainly some might look at if it gets me some of the bigger names or the more expensive players in for bring in some guys who'll just sit sit there. Maybe obviously probably just the one or two who'll just sit on the bench to allow me, but I've not looked into it in as much detail yet. Okay. My tip is uh, follow some fan Twitter accounts from these teams. They talk about transfers because they do a lot like loan talk because if they're going to go on loan. So if the player sticks out, like this guy might go on loan to say a championship club, there's a chance to get him in the team there and then and hopefully does go on loan. If that's a tactic and the kind of cheating you want to go down the road of that we've done last year. Otherwise, you're just going to have to... <laughs> It's like, you don't want to waste a Celtic player or Rangers player who you know won't play, but then you lost some one of the positions. And as Tom said, just pick one of the really cheap midfielders, one of the really cheap defenders and hope that they go or they don't play and you get the points from it. Right, next question is from Hingme82. With the introduction of the new point scoring, what players should we now consider that we previously wouldn't have bothered with? Get ready to cover that a bit, Tom, so you want to kind of go over that again? Um, yep, so the players that I kind of mentioned was Ali McCann, he's maybe a decent all-rounder, Paul McGinn as well. I don't really know if Considine's going to, he's getting a bit old now, isn't he? Um, probably those two for me, I'd say, or three, sorry. Any actual players stand out you wouldn't, wouldn't have previously picked, you might pick now, or are you happy with Tom's list? Yeah, I think listening to Tom, actually a couple of guys like McGinn, um, and Alan McCann and that, maybe looking at them um, and looking at maybe some stats so from the whoscored.com to see if there's any bargains or any star signings, if you like, that you might you, know, you might have flipped by. Okay, my pick was McGregor from Celtic originally, but Tom's already mentioned that I think he might be a cheap way into Celtic's midfield. He's like the metronome, pass the ball constantly. The clean sheet points now removed, so that's fine. So he's kind of my pick for that. What about yourself, Gunnar? Any players you wouldn't have normally picked? Trying to find someone now here on my list that hasn't been mentioned. Uh, Devlin, maybe, from, from Livy. Uh, he was in my top 10 from, from the fullbacks. Had a decent number of uh, tackles won. Okay number of clean sheets. Kind of middle of the road for shots as well as a defender. So from the players that haven't been mentioned, Devlin. Okay, so next question is from Brian Blaze Attack. With Tavernier missing it another penalty in pre-season against Partick, do you think they'll still be on them? First question, and if not, is he worth spending 6.5 million? So start with you, Sean. I think you're leaving soon, so you want to answer this question. Is Tavernier worth, have, worth having if he's not on penalties, basically? Uh, if on penalties, I think he's the first name in the team sheet because I think Rangers get their fair share, as probably Celtic do as well. Um, if he's not in penalties, for me, I switch him with Barisic because I think Barisic is the the alternative penalty taker um, and you're still getting your clean sheets out of it as well. That is a good shout. Plus, we now have Patterson and just team who could be potentially not rivaling for minutes, but letting Tavernier play less minutes to bring him in. Uh, mm-hmm. Same question to yourself, Gunnar? I've also read that uh, if... Tavernier is taking off penals. It would probably go to Barisic. And yeah, he, he would be my con- contingency picked in there. And I, I like what you said, Peter, about Patterson. So I could see Gerard playing Patterson, say, in like a league game because they have the a European game coming up and having Tav rested for a game there. Um, so yeah, 
Barisic as a contingency. Tom, same question to you. Yeah, I agree. If Barisic goes to penalties, then he could be a decent choice. Though I do like Goldson. He was second for accurate mm. passes last season. Um, and he does tend to get quite a few goals as well. Barisic, I thought, was maybe... He didn't play as good as what I thought he was going to be. He didn't get as many returns. We kind of thought he was going to be the sort of assist machine and didn't quite meet the expectations that we thought he was going to meet uh, pre-last season. But he's still going to be a decent option. I think if Rangers can keep the same rate of clean sheets, then they're going to provide points regardless. He had his spell last year, didn't he? He had a spell where he was quite consistent with returns. But he's also, again, another point would be he's no as injury-free as Tavernier. Mm. Barisic picks up more injuries than Tavernier does, so you've got to kind of weigh this stuff up. And the penalty situation is a big one. If Tavernier's not on penalties, then I think you'd really consider him switching to the other defender, what you've said. Right, next question is from Samuel McFarlane. So, who are essential and which teams rotate well with each other? So, first of all, right, we'll do the first part. Who are essential? I want three names off you each. Right now, if they put a gun in your head, the first three players on your team. And I'll start with you, Sean. Turnbull, Goldson, and Tavernier. Right, good up. I'm going to go Tavernier, Barisic, and Forrest. Tom? I've went Tav. I'm going to put Palm again because I've really bigged him up throughout this bonus and additional points system. Um, and if he stays at Hibs, Nisbet. Yep, I was going to say, I was going to say Tavernier. McGregor and Nisbet is a three, albeit Nisbet's got to stay in the team. Right. Second part of these questions, which teams take well with each other? So I put Sutty's tick up here. This was the first so many games. Now, and this sounds like, a, oh my God, this is so obvious, but Celtic Rangers actually rotate well with each other because first game of the season, Rangers at home, Livingston, then Celtic at home, Dundee, Rangers at home, Ross County. So that's not true, is it? No, Celtic at home, St. Murn, and then Miss, they play each other. Celtic at home, Ross County, Rangers at home, Motherwell, and Celtic at home, Dungeon United. So to me, that stands out is I know you can't really play the whole roulette game with Celtic Rangers, but that stands out well if you want to rotate maybe strikers at home. And also, Aberdeen don't play any Celtic, I think, to be, I believe, game week 10. So I know it's kind of an open-ended question, and the Scottish game is quite hard to predict. The teams are so much, a much a muchness to each other. Somebody can go on a run. Aberdeen could fall short by a new manager. They could not be the same team as last year. But what's your thoughts, Tom, on that? Um, Aberdeen have a good start to the season. Hibs do as well. Uh, Motherwell, Ross County, Dundee, Livingston, Hearts, St Mirren, St Johnston is the first seven game weeks. So that's that's a good start. It's not really good. It's not really um, rotating, really. Um, Try glance at the ticker here. It's hard in the Scottish game to rotate because it's not like the FPL where you, you know you're going to have six, seven form teams and you can kind of rotate them. It's difficult when teams can kind of bunch up together. You can I mean, maybe say St Johnston Hearts. You've got Ross County, St Mirren, Dundee United, St Mirren. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard on it, isn't it? Good on yourself. I have to say, I've not looked at the fixture ticker yet, and I've like I know about the first game week. Uh, I've looked at the games there, but I'm surprised we're even into this. Like we're still in preseason, you know. Like some some of these teams are still looking for like buying new goalies, like having strikers or center halves leave, and 
I want to see more of these teams. I want to I want to see a, a few more preseason games. I want to see some of these teams playing their European qualifiers just to get an idea of like what system they're going to play, who's actually in the first team there before I decide who and what teams are going to rotate well. You've also got the cup to look at the Premier Sports Cup. There you go. That's something yeah. to watch as well. I know they're playing low league opposition, but there's a chance. Who yourself, Sean? Any teams stand out to you rotation-wise? Uh, no, I've not looked at the fixtures in that much detail yet to to see how that will go. Um, as Gunnar was saying there, there's still a lot that can happen between sort of now and even start of July, mid-August with regards transfers um, and then also the, the Premier Cup fixtures um, who might get injured or lose form or even get form, uh, come, come out of with good form. So uh, not, look, not looked at that in as much detail yet. I suppose it's a, it's a question maybe you should ask again in a couple of weeks' time. That's a good question to ask down the line with more squads are finalised. Have you got more time for other questions, Sean, or do you need to show off? Um, could probably squeeze one more in if that's all right, right guys. Right, I'll go to you first then, right? So this one is for Man On Podcast, Man On FPL Podcast. Who do you predict to be the top three high score midfielders this season? That's the first part of this question. I'll start with you, Sean. Go. Uh, Turnbull. Kent. And at a push, probably McGregor um, might sneak in there just based on the, obviously the, the information, the new point system that you have discussed has made me sort of mm. think about having a bit more detail. Okay, Gunnar, same question to you. Top few midfielders scoring this season? So I think Ken pretty much run away with it from the midfielders, uh, high, highest points total there. So I'm going to say Kent. <sighs> Yeah, McGregor, that's a good point on him. But I'm going to go with Turnbull, I think. So Kent, Turnbull, and I think Boyle was quite high up there last season as well. And we haven't mentioned him at all. So I'm I'm going to go Martin Boyle as my third. So I'm going to go Kent first. My second choice is Boyle. And this is purely based on the theory that if Nisbet goes to Celtic, Hibs don't seem to be spending a lot of money. They didn't keep a hold of Jackson Irvine. He left for St. Pauli, and I kind of thought they were going to spend the money and keep him there. Um, so in saying that, if Nisbet goes to Celtic, Boyle had such, you know, when he was playing as a striker, he had a really good rate of goals return-wise. Um, so I think if that happens, then Boyle will be the second highest scoring mid, and third, I'm going to say Turnbull. Yep, I think Kent... Forest Turnbull. Second part of that question is for you again, Sean, before you leave. Who will be the best non-Ranger Celtic to own this season? So that's any position. Um probably I think Charlie Adam might be in there. Um because I think a lot will go through him. Set pieces, tackles, passes. Um I think he might be a bit of a dark horse if you like. Um so I'll probably go with Charlie Adam. Okay, Gunnar. Martin Boyle. Tom. Uh, Nisbet, if he stays at Hibs. Paul, <laughs> Paul McGinn, I think he'll be the highest scoring uh, non Celtic Rangers defender for two years running. And if I was going to punt strikers, I'd say 
Christian Ramirez, as Sean mentioned earlier. He just Aberdeen. stole, he just stole my answer. I thought you were going to say it there. That's what I say. Ramirez <laughs> Aberdeen's my wee dark horse to be a high school player. Right, are you off screen then, Sean? Yeah, Aberdeen. I'll need to shoot, guys. Right, thanks for joining us, mate. We'll, thanks everyone, hope you're back another time and good luck in the season ahead. Yep, thanks for having me on, guys, and good luck as well. Cheers now. Right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So, that is us finished the questions. So, before I move on to the last bit of detail in the home, the housekeeping, is there anything else you want to discuss or brought up with Nuts Covered yet, Gunnar? Uh, I think it is pretty much it. Uh, I got asked if we could do a preview of the promoted teams uh, by Bitacora Fantasy. But I would say FPL Mars is doing a couple of threats on that. He's al- already done hearts. I think Dundee is next to come. And um, before I just look something up and then reiterate someone else's uh, research, just uh, <laughs> go check out at FPL Mars's Twitter. Yep, I like all that. Mars done a good thread on hearts assets. If you didn't have a clue about hearts or any interest on them, no, if you don't know who, because he didn't play in the league last year, and he's doing for Dundee this weekend, I believe. So there's something to get you interested. Tom, anything else to add for me? What the last bit of business? No, that's me. Right, so as you know, last year we done a half hour fantasy podcast cup that ties in nicely with Scoosh coming on the pub, the pub, on the pod. Sean himself, he won the cup. So this year there's something different. We're going to do an invitational cup. So what the idea behind this was, I'm not putting myself through a big massive cup what we done last year when I was chasing 128 people's scores. That'll still happen, don't worry, we'll do it. We have something planned mid-season, so I'm still following your ideas. But at the start, I'm doing a cup for basically people who are big players in the Scottish community. So that's podcasts like ourselves, other podcasts out there. Uh, people who help contribute with the we've got a Titans chat, people who are heavy hitters like Maz, sort of stuff like that. Also asked all the guys who made the last eight of the cup to take part. So they've got a bit of previous, I've been going deep into competitions. And a couple of people here and there, different podcasters, maybe FPL podcasts, you'll know the names, they're in to help us play and about how they get the word out there. So as it stands, there was 28 spaces filled. There's four spaces left. The cup will be a two-legged affair. It will cover, I believe, the first 10 game weeks, I think I watched, seven, 10 game weeks. So it's not a straight knockout. count. You get two weeks, then it's in the last 16, the last eight, four, two, et cetera, et cetera. So... We were going to have four places left. So after this podcast, there'll be one place left. So we're all going to do one of us each. We'll have a competition or a question or something. How you want to do what you want, guys. And you pick the one into the cup. But the final, the one we're doing tonight is the first person who DMs me at Fantasy Half after this podcast. So it's fastest fingers to the buzzers here. The first person DM me wanting the cup gets the first place in. And there'll be three places left. I will probably... Probably put my cup place tomorrow. I think I'm thinking about tonight what I'm going to do, and I'll dish out tomorrow. Tom, you're going to do what they want to do. As long as it's done for next week's pod, then we'll be able to do the cup draw. So, again, I'll reiterate that. The first person who direct messages me after this podcast is at least it's an entry into the cup. So, thoughts on the cup, Gunnar? I'm oh, looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you invited the, Tom and me to it as well because we, we didn't make the, the last eight in the last cup. So it's good that <laughs> we're on it uh, in it as well. And um, it was a great success last season. It was got a lot of interaction on Twitter and I think people enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to doing it all again and having this now, the first one being an invitational cup with like different podcasts and that. Uh, I think it's good getting the word out, uh, getting more players interested in the fantasy Scotland. Uh, yeah, can can only get better. 
Tom, thoughts on the cup? I think it's a, a good way of putting our knowledge to the test and battling it out amongst the, the big members of the community. We'll see it, who what, comes on top. Didn't work well last year. I believe it was three, pod, <laughs> three podcasts in it and none of, got, none of the podcast members. That's three here, two football pod, three in football pod. And I believe none of has got in the last 16. So there we go. Which we much we know. <laughs> right, so another thing we'll do for a leave, we're going to name the cup. But again, I can make a competition wise. I was going to do the invitational cup, that's feel a bit, a bit basic. So hmm. I think I might put a poll out actually. I'll discuss with you guys actually. So that's another thing off there. Maybe maybe a player who may not be playing with anymore. Maybe a, a wee nod to a good FFS player. The Adrian spurred the cup. Well, he's still there. You know <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I know, I know. <laughs> but is he really? Is he out position? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, We'll talk about it and we'll put a poll. I think when we can name the cup for a season, that can change every year. Like people who maybe played in the played in the league and then go on and they can the cup named after right. the season. I like that. Maybe get them into a he's a wee retweet. I mean, like the Van Cole or something like that. So plugs, Tom, what is your plugs before we leave? Yeah, I am at FFS underscore scout. I'll be tweeting a bit more as the as the preseason progresses. Um, but you can catch me here on at Fantasy Half for for now. Did you say did you say hit us up? Did you say that? Did you miss it? Oh no, hit me up on Twitter, please. Gunnar, plugs. Yeah, I'm at Gunnar underscore FPL. The Twitter is more lively again now. I've already put out a, a bargain, FF Scotland bargain threat. There's more threats to come. We're doing captain polls when the season is back on. And anything, questions, comments, whatever, just get in touch. Excellent. Follow me at Fantasy Half. And also, the league is live, so we'll start posting the podcast code out there. We start saying it for every start of every episode of the podcast. I know it's quite mind-numbing, most people have took part in it, but we'll be doing it. It's on the apps page, got the leagues, new shiny app, we're all nice, you can log it there as well, so that's good. I think we've got 150 so far as it stands. Last time I looked, 175. There we go, so that's good, that's, that's a lot of... People in the action now. We always read out the top three and the high school scores, the high school point scores of the week. So get read out in the pod. So again, thanks for listening. I hope that was informative. I hope Tom's run through was very good because I'm going to probably go down and copy and paste that to my own me hang and listen to that a couple of times for uh, what I want to do next season to the pod. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, and we'll see you again next week. Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. So goodbye for me. Bye bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market